You have found the podcast of Tressler Mennonite Church. Each week, we replay the sermon from our Sunday morning service so that anyone who may have missed the sermon can catch it later. We want to especially thank those of you who missed the sermon because you were working with our youngest children during the service time. This particular sermon was from November 6th, 2022, and the text was Hebrews chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. Verses 1 to 4, just a few verses here this morning, but uh, powerful, powerful uh, words that the author uh, warns us with. Uh, this is our third sermon uh, from the book of Hebrews as we teach our way through the New Testament epistles in the chrono- chronological order that they were written. Uh, and in both of his sermons so far on chapter 1, Jeremy has mentioned how the author of Hebrews is stressing the supremacy of Jesus as the Son of God and as the Messiah, the Savior of the world. <clears throat> and last week he mentioned that as best as we can tell, the Jewish people at the time that this was written uh, had somewhat of a fascination with angels. There's, As I've kind of have been reading my commentaries and stuff, there's a lot of questions as to who exactly... Hebrews was written to. We aren't quite sure exactly who wrote it. Um, wasn't exactly sure what all was going on, but um, for the most part, the commentaries would agree with this, at least the ones that I read, and I think uh, Jeremy uses some of the same ones as well. And the uh, text on through the book of Hebrews, the letter uh, of Hebrews, kind of seems to support this as well. as It's written to Jews who uh, are kind of struggling a little bit and struggling with uh, maybe looking back at um, going back to the old covenant uh, kind of thing, but but it seems to be that they have some kind of a fascination with angels. And in that sermon, he helped us to understand that the author was telling his audience that yes, angels are special. They are God's messengers. They are His workers. They do His work. But Jesus is God's Son. And this week's passage relies heavily on that truth uh, as the author continues on. And he begins chapter 2 by saying, and this is from the New Living, so we must listen very carefully to the truth that we have heard. Or the New American Standard Bible says, for this reason, we must pay closer attention to what we have heard. And NIV, we must pay the most careful attention, therefore, to what we have heard. So when you see words like so, or for this reason, or therefore, we need to go back and see what the therefore is there for. So as Jeremy talked about last week, the author is telling his audience and us today that because Jesus is greater than the angels, because he is the Son of God, then we need to pay special attention to what it is that we have heard from him. Now, we're going to see in a little bit that, he, that he's talking about salvation here. But before we get to that, I want to make sure that we understand that the author wants us to realize where this message is coming from. Yes, the angels, as God's messengers, are pretty amazing. And if one suddenly appeared 
before us right now, we would be on high alert to the things that he said. But God didn't just send his messenger with this message. He sent his son. So we really need to be paying attention to that. This kind of reminds me of a story that happened a few years ago that um, probably obviously doesn't fit perfectly, but um, it kind of reminded me of it um, as I was working on a house uh, down at Broadkill Beach. It was a pretty big house, and I was up on the third floor working on installing the bathtub. And my cousin Brent was outside putting the sewer system in. Um, And on this particular job, the homeowner... um, who was an older lady, was her own general contractor. And when a homeowner is their own GC and they don't have much or maybe even any experience in construction, it can usually get a little interesting, those of you who are in construction or or any job. If you know your job well and somebody comes in and thinks that they can probably do your job better than you can, you kind of run into some some issues there. Um, But most of you know my cousin Brent. Um, but if you don't, let me just fill you in a little bit uh, background. My dad and his and his dad are identical twins, and my mom and his mom are sisters. So twins, married sisters. So Brent's the closest thing that I have to being an older brother. Um, and we kind of grew up like that. Um, he always told me what to do, um, <laughs> kind of thing. But, I mean, that's, that was our relationship. I mean, we were, we were almost like brothers, very close to being uh, that, in our relationship, not just biologically. But at some point earlier in the day, he had told me that this lady had added a driveway there um, in the front of her house um, where her septic tank was going to be. And that's you don't, not a good idea, but there's no place to park when, at these beach houses. They're all tight little lots, and there's even less room to put your sewer system. Um, but she wanted to be able to park over top of her septic tank. Um, and that wasn't shown on the permit. And uh, so he, either he would have to use a special tank with a, a thicker lid and special, uh, a special thicker top and special lids, or they would have to pour a thick concrete pad over the whole thing that was reinforced and all that stuff so that uh, it wouldn't cave in, obviously. Um, well, I was up there, and later that afternoon, I heard her getting off her little elevator and Usually elevators are nice size when you're in a nice commercial building. And these houses down at the beaches, they're not very big. And and uh, I heard her and Brent getting off the elevator. So they had ridden up the elevator to the third floor together. And I could tell that she was not in a very good mood. She wasn't too happy about something. And uh, here she comes bursting into the room where I was working there. And Brent was following her. And it, it was almost like she had him had a hold of him by his ear and was dragging him in there. Uh, kind of thing. And uh, she said, Jerry, this guy just told me that I need to uh, spend more money if I want this driveway over top of my septic tank. And I don't want to spend more money. It's funny, they have money to build a three-story house on the beach right on the bay front, but they don't want to spend any money on their parking lot. Um, But she says, do I really need to do that? And this kind of caught me off guard a little bit because I, I don't deal with the septics. Part. I mean, it's uh, that. That's I do the plumbing. Brent and his guys do the septics. I mean, that's his specialty. I don't. I mean, I know how they work and all that stuff, but I don't get into it. Um, this is what he does all the time. I do the other stuff. So I wasn't. I definitely wasn't going to sit there and argue with him and say, "Now, Brent, you know better than this," <laughs> because he knew what he was talking about. I mean, he was right. And uh, 
And like I said, he's like my older brother, and, and that kind of makes him my boss, right? But for some reason, she didn't realize who Brent was. And she thought that he was just a worker, uh, so to speak. And I'll say that in, in quotes here. Um, she had been dealing with him on the phone and stuff, but she had never met him in person. And for some reason, she didn't realize that it was him that, she, that was telling her, hey, you might want to do this, or you're going to have problems down the road. The inspector's not going to pass this. Um, so I told her, I said, he knows more than I do about it. And if that's what he says it needs, then, then that's probably the best. And so then she finally, she, I think she looked at him and said, well, who are you anyway? And he said, well, I'm Brent. Oh, you're Brent. And then all of a sudden she realizes, well, this trip up the elevator with this guy wasn't worth it. Because <laughs> she, she knew that she could trust me, but she knew that she could trust Brent even more in that situation kind of thing. Um, so in these verses the author is warning his readers, you better pay attention here. This is the God of the universe talking, not just one of the workers. So what is the author warning them of? And we see that at the end of verse 1 where he says, pay special attention so that you do not drift away. As Jeremy mentioned last week, it seems as though some of these believers were paying more attention to the angels, to angels instead of to Christ. And it seems as though, as we go through the rest of the letter, we will see that maybe they were leaning back to the old covenant way of living and being made right with God uh, as well. But, but they were in danger of drifting away, and the author tells them to be careful of that. In verse 2, he reiterates that the message that God delivered through the angels had proven true. And with consequences, he says, For since the message spoken through angels was binding, and every violation and disobedience received, it's just punishment. So if this is true, that the angels' message was right, then the message from Christ is, has even more weight. So he continues on in verse 3 by saying, So if the angels' message is true... How shall we escape if we ignore such a great, so great a salvation? This salvation, which was first announced by the Lord, was confirmed by us, by those who heard him, was confirmed to us by those who heard him. If the messages the angels proclaimed came to pass, and those who did not heed them, heed their warnings, did not go unpunished, then what the Son of God says will surely come to pass as well. So we need to make sure that we pay close attention to his words and follow them and not drift away. In verse 4, the author says that these words and his authority were confirmed or testified to by the signs and wonders and gifts of the Holy Spirit. So the angels, their messages were confirmed. Jesus has met, this is God's son saying it. And on top of that, God gave signs and wonders as Jesus walked on the earth to prove that he was the Son of God. Uh, verse 4 said, God also testified to it by signs, wonders, and various miracles, and by gifts of the Holy Spirit distributed according to his will. So we can trust Jesus' Jesus's message of salvation because he is greater than the angels as God's own Son. He is God. We can trust it because the messages the angels delivered previously proved trustworthy. And again, he is greater than they are. And finally, we can trust his message because as God, he proved his authority with the signs and wonders 
uh, that he performed and gave the apostles then the authority to perform them in his name as well. So what is the message that the author is warning his audience and us today to not drift away from? Again, verse 3 says, how shall we escape if we ignore so great a salvation? So let's take a look at a few things that Jesus said uh, about salvation, about himself. John 14, 6 says, Jesus told them, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. If you had really known me, you would know who my Father is. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. In John 8, 23 and 24, uh, when Jesus is speaking to the unbelieving people, it says, Jesus continued, you are from below, I am from above. You belong to this world, I do not. That is, why the, that is why I said that you will die in your sins, for unless you believe that I am who I claim to be, you will die in your sins. And then finally, in John chapter 3, verses 13 to 21, as Jesus is explaining who he is to Nicodemus, uh, the Jewish official there, uh, under the cover of darkness, he says, No one has ever gone to heaven in return, but the Son of Man has come down from heaven. And as Moses lifted up the bronze snake on a pole in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, so that everyone who believes in him will have eternal life. For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only Son, so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. God sent his Son into the world not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. There's no judgment against anyone who believes in him, but anyone who does not believe in him has already been judged for not believing in God's one and only Son. And the judgment is based on this fact. God's light came into the world, but people loved the darkness more than light, for their actions were evil. All who do evil hate the light and refuse to go near it for fear their sins will be exposed. But those who do what is right come to the light so others can see that they are doing what God wants. These are just a few of the places where Jesus himself makes it clear that our relationship with God, the one that was severed because of our sin, can only be made right by believing in his sacrifices. So why did the author have to warn his Jewish audience not to drift away? And again, we don't know the specific situations they were going through, but it seems as though many Jews struggled to not rely on their traditions and training as children in the Old Testament law and sacrificial system as a, be, as a way of being right, made right with God. That would have been a, a big temptation to them. I mean, again, you think about something that you were taught as a child, and then if you were taught something almost completely different, it would be hard to, to make that 180 turn. It would, it would be difficult. So that was probably part of it. Um, there would have been family and friends that were trying to convince them that Jesus was not the Messiah. Um, and I don't, think, I don't think we can quite fully appreciate just how difficult that was for, for the early church, uh, early uh, Christian Jews uh, during that time. But that was for the Jewish Christians. In what ways are we tempted to, dr to drift away? Well, we are surrounded by a world that increasingly says that God is not real. And if he is real, we can determine our own destiny and our own path to salvation, whatever fits our way of thinking or, or desires. 
But Scripture tells us that this is not the truth. We're also tempted to rely on our own good works for our salvation and our favor with God. We think we need to act in a certain way in order for Him to love us. But Romans 5, 6 says that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He didn't wait until we deserved it because that would have never happened. And these are just a few ways that we're tempted. Uh, There's many more that we might be struggling with. So in response, how do we not give in to these temptations to drift away? And the author of Hebrews says, remember it is who brought the message of our salvation about. It wasn't just the workers. It was the God of the universe that so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. So believe and trust the message and get to know the messenger is my uh, challenge to each of us today and especially to myself. You've been listening to the Trustler Mennonite Sermon from November 6th, 2022. The passage was Hebrews chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. Take care. Thank you.